Welcome to Mental Wealth for Entrepreneurs podcast, a podcast for resilient entrepreneurs. My guest today is Isabel Muller, a young designer and entrepreneur in LA. Originally from New England, Isabel drove cross-country to California in 2011 for a change of pace. After building a career in interior design, she's now getting ready to launch her innovative underwear brand, Switch. So let's listen to Isabel's story now. Welcome to another episode of Mental Wealth Entrepreneurs Podcast, a podcast for resilient entrepreneurs. Today, I have a pleasure to have Isabel Muller, and I'm in my studio, who is the founder of a very innovative underwear company called Switch. So I welcome Isabel to the studio. Hi, Isabel. Hi, Katarina. How are you? I'm good. Great. Great to have you in the studio. Thanks for having me. Cool. Um, I guess the, the first question I, I'm dying to ask you is that um, you, um, you've been um, involved in entrepreneurial activity since 2016. Is that correct? Yes, that's yeah. right. What, uh, what was your sort of career path before you began your entrepreneurial journey? Sure. So... I have an interior design background. I studied interiors and for years I was working for an interior design firm in Los Angeles that I actually transferred to from Santa Barbara when I was living more north. Um, So I really built my career in the design field. Um, Before that, I was doing other design related jobs. Um, But that's that was really the starting point and kind of the shift After working for a firm for a while, I realized that I wanted to expand in the field and explore different types of design. And I felt like I had the most flexibility to do that on my own. So I left the firm and started to do more independent contractor jobs, freelance, and then soon after started my own interior design business. Okay. But, um, so how did you make this switch, <laughs> the name of your company, from being an interior uh, interior designer to being a, a fashion designer? Well, um, I know that's the that's the best question. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, I I like along with my passion for design and and the creative world, I am also an avid camper and I'm active. I exercise. I go on um, a lot of travels. And then just in general, have been a really busy, active person my whole life. And the underwear we design, which is a switchable underwear, you can um, unfasten it at each hip so that you can change out your underwear without having to undress. So if you're on the go or traveling, it's super helpful if you really need that fresh feel. Um, But I've, I've spent a lot of time wishing I had this kind of product. And it's not in my wheelhouse. Like I didn't study fashion. I don't know anything about, I didn't at the time know anything about underwear, but I, um, last year when I was on a camping trip and I had a a few years under my belt, um, 
in the entrepreneurial world and and I had that like confidence that you get from from having your own business and leading your own career I I finally decided to do something about it pursue it in some way so I, I went on this camping trip and I had this experience where I like I just needed to change my underwear and I didn't want to have to take off my whole outfit and you know, you're in a tent and it's like, you have no space. And so anyway, I, I got back from the trip and was like, I'm going to explore this. Like I can do this. I know how to make connections. I know that in Los Angeles, you can get anything done. Um, so I, I started it as very much a, a side project. I thought I was just going to talk to someone and explore the idea of the project and then maybe, you know, put it on hold. But it snowballed so quickly and easily that it really felt like in my gut the next move. So I was able to kind of transition then. Yeah, because fashion underwear um, industry is quite competitive, and yes. especially I guess LA, it's it's it is competitive, right? So how do you find you? way around i mean obviously when did you just start what challenges did you have as a as, as, as a startup sure um well the first challenge was that i didn't know anybody in the fashion world yeah. um i i knew every vendor and all the designers in the interiors world but i um i think i think luckily the two industries are similar enough in the way that you have a designer and you have the product and there are people that make the product. So I applied the same knowledge and history of that type of process to how I navigated the fashion world. Like I knew that I needed a specialist. So I looked into and talked to people I knew that might know a product designer or a fashion designer that could help me. Um, and then I found that person. And then from there, I got so much great feedback and tips and advice from people in the industry on who to talk to next. Um, so, but, but I found, and I was really surprised to find that the industry is actually very small. <laughs> like there, it's much smaller than the interiors business. And I think that's just LA. I'm sure in New York, it's very different. Um, but I was, I was pleased to find that uh, during every step of the way, people were really encouraged to help me and wanted to see me succeed and wanted to find me the best next person or the next material that I needed. Or, um, But in terms of competition, I feel that we really have an edge because there isn't a type of underwear on the market right now that's exactly like this. So we're, we're navigating new waters um, which makes it more difficult to figure out where to go next. But um, we have that we have that competitive edge because of our our design. Yeah. So I guess thinking back about your career as an interior designer uh, and your new sort of you know entrepreneurial venture as a fashion designer, <laughs> what are the benefits of actually having, running your own business? What are the benefits now or what were the benefits that got me here? Okay, you can start. Both. Both. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. Um, 
Well, I guess um, I can I can kind of back that question up with with more details of how my life has gone. I feel like my whole life I've really had to take the initiative or be the one in charge or, you know, growing up like um, when it came to paperwork or or signing up for things or like things that parents would usually do for their kids. Like I was always the one doing them. And I would just be like, mom, can you sign here? Dad, can you sign here? Like I was kind of the secretary of my life in that way um, because I just figured out how to do it. And I, and I just got used to doing things myself. I got used to, you know, getting a no or I can't help you with that. And then figuring out myself. So when it came to my career, it was almost second nature to know what I wanted and then just figure out a way to get it. Um, so that is so beneficial to my life as an entrepreneur and a, a business owner because I one always know that there is a solution and that someone can help me. Um, and two, that I I have this history of confidence that and kind of this intuition that it's going to work out. So, so it makes me more brave in the industry, I would say. Yeah, because I mean, I've looked at your website and you are quite brave. I mean, you, you use quite <laughs> <laughs> brave statements on your website. And I guess it's, it's sometimes it's hard to be so brave and open, I guess. A lot of uh, female uh, entrepreneurs, they feel sometimes, you know, scared to be out there and 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 reveal and 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 share everything they want to share so how do you feel about i mean have you always been um so confident um yeah and i think the 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 other word we're looking for there is vulnerability right brave vulnerable um i i i i'd say that i've always been brave i don't i wouldn't say that i've always been confident Um, I think once I got to my earlier twenties and started discovering my ambition and that I was smarter than I thought I was, and I could do more things than I thought I could. That's when I developed more confidence, but, um, I've always felt this pull to be vulnerable. And and I, I feel like I've always needed to be because there's been so much to work through in my life, like from an emotional standpoint. So I didn't really know how much vulnerability is not not only a skill, but a huge benefit to developing a brand until I started my interiors business, because that's when I started learning that the people that you're selling your service to, or the people that you're working with, they want to know you, they want to, they want to invest in you and what differentiates your business from another person's business is your personality and your your values. So I found that, but that kind of really got kicked up when I started Switch because there's, you're right, there's millions of underwear brands out there, right? And so much competition and... But Switch and I have a very particular voice and particular needs that we're trying to solve. 
And um, it's really hard. Like in the beginning, I was like, I don't want to be this vulnerable. This sucks. Like I'm going to get rejected and, and people aren't going to like me, but I've noticed it. I've noticed that the more vulnerable I am and the more I share about myself and why this product and brand means so much to me, the more people want to support it and the more people want to buy it and the more people are fascinated about the story. Yeah. Yeah. No, thanks for sharing this with us. But um, thinking about um, your sort of um, journey as an entrepreneur, when you um, have you, have you ever had any you know thoughts like I, I can't go on things just don't work out for me maybe <laughs> I should just go back to my old life maybe I should quit or have you ever had oh yeah all the time, all the time. <laughs> once a week at least I had a meltdown two days ago I was like I was feeling very stressed and this one thing I was trying to do wasn't working out and I was like why am I even doing this like why do I have to make my life so hard like I could just be working like a stable salaried job right now but I'm I'm so keen on making things complicated and and always trying to do something better than the thing I was doing before um I yeah I I have those feelings all the time they're fleeting. Like it's usually a day of, of disappointment or, or fear. But then I, but then I'm reminded of why I'm doing this and how much happier I am right now um, compared to how I felt when I was working for a company um, and was constantly feeling I had to ask permission to have a life you know, taking time off. It's different in the US than it is in the UK. But feeling like feeling so much stress around trying to have a life outside of my job, because we work such long hours, and we're always trying to please this one person. And so I'm so grateful for being my own boss. And I, I would take this fear and these weekly meltdowns any day over, over how I worked before. Yeah, so when, when you have bad days, um, what do you normally do? How do you, you know, what's your strategy if you have a really bad day? Do you have any support system, you know, maybe your friends or a mentor? You, you talk definitely. To? Yeah, I have, I have friends. I have I have entrepreneur friends that it's, it's great to talk to when I'm having these days because they 99% of the time relate and they're like, oh, yeah, I just want to throw it all in the trash. Um, so it's nice to have that representation and that comfort. Um, my partner who I live with is super supportive. And, um, and I also am part of this women's group. It's a like a women's entrepreneur group that meets twice a week. And, and the person who runs it is a business coach. And the, the members of this group are always available. Um, and totally get what I'm going through. And if I need help or I'm stuck and that's what's making me feel so upset, like there's always solutions they can offer. So yeah, I feel like I have a good support system. Um, but sometimes it's almost too late before I realize that I have that support system. Like I'm too upset or 
And during those times, I'll just need to kind of shut my computer, leave it, go exercise or meditate or something, and then come back. Yeah, I mean, this this is exactly what why 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 we're doing this podcast because it's 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 for you know entrepreneurs or, or for aspiring entrepreneurs to to kind of listen to stories and and realize well actually building a business is not very easy and sometimes <laughs> you just think oh you know but I mean yes we we have a couple of success stories you know like Mark Zuckerberg and and and, and so on it just was yeah they just succeeded right. But for a lot of people, you have to go through uh, a lot of failing ventures, a lot of, you know, quite few um, failed businesses before they can actually find the right business uh, and the right niche and the right markets to be successful. But again, it's it's not it's not easy. It's not easy. And we all have to deal with our own demons, let's say. But <laughs> but uh, so when you have a really bad day what's your sort of strategy what, what's your what do you do to relax well um going for a walk like getting outside or um you know going for a hike or doing some yoga something like moving my body really helps me um I feel like when I'm not relaxed it's all in my head and exercising or just getting outside or seeing something different like almost disperses all that stress and just lets you burn it off and get different perspectives um or sometimes I'll do something in the form of self-care like what do I need right now do I need like a nice cup of tea or do I need to take a shower or do I need to just nap like that's okay um it really depends on the struggle or, or I'll do something, you know, if I'm comfortable, like at my computer or whatever, I'll just kind of pause on work and, you know, online shop for a second or just like do something that changes the brain waves. Um, other things that help me relax just more in general is just exercise is so important for me. And, um, I'm in therapy, which is so, so helpful. Like I really need that solo safe space to kind of unpack um and then just keeping community especially during this time of quarantine where it's so isolating it's so important for me to keep in touch with my friends because I'm connected with all this love and that kind of drowns out the fear and the anxieties yeah I'm actually gonna uh have a, a very interesting guest in the, in the next couple of weeks his name is Michael Freeman. I don't know if you've heard about his study. He's actually, I, I guess he's he's an expert in mental health for wow. years. Yeah. Cool. And um, he was actually, as, as he said to me, when BBC needs an expert, they come to me. <laughs> I yeah. think he's, he lives in LA or in California. Anyway. Wow, what an exciting guest to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he's published this study in 2019 where he found that a lot of you know entrepreneurs statistically they're more likely to have um, depression you know high level of de- depression and and generally you know mental different mental health conditions so wow. being an entrepreneur is not very easy and but still it's not it's not we still don't really understand whether 
it's when you become an entrepreneur, you're more likely to develop those conditions or <laughs> it's the people right. with those conditions <laughs> are likely to actually become entrepreneurs. Totally. It's, it's important to kind of pay attention to your mental health because it's not, you know, it's, it's not that easy. And actually being an entrepreneur means you put more um, stress on, on, on yourself and, and, yeah, make yourself more. <laughs> That's really interesting. Yeah. Depressed. Completely. Yeah. Wow. But um, um, thinking about, you know, the skills uh, required to be an entrepreneur, when you just started your um, uh, underwear brand, uh, did you feel like you were lacking of some skills or uh, or did it actually start kind of glued all together and you knew what to do or how did it go for you? Um, I feel like the biggest, oh, sorry, what? Yeah, yeah, go oh. on. The biggest skill I felt like I was missing was from a um, a design standpoint, like just, just understanding uh, fashion construction. You know, I wear clothes. I've always been into fashion. I understand the basics, but I, what I felt like I was truly missing was that, that, um, I, and that intellect and that, you know, the years of experience of knowing how certain materials work. Um, but that was really quickly remedied by just putting myself out there and asking a friend if they knew anybody. And then I was connected almost within a day with a total expert, amazing woman who's hugely inspired by the brand and it has worked out so well. Um, but I, I think more generally, I, I, I didn't have the skill set to start a corporation. You know, I, my interiors business was is a sole proprietorship. So it's very easy to just manage it because it's so connected to your own financials and taxes and all that. Like the business filing is so much less intense, but with a company like this, there's so much more, so there's so many more uh, filings and legalities involved. And that was a lot to wrap my head around. And that's probably my least favorite part of business is the, is the paperwork and the forms and the legal documents. And so uh, I really needed help with that. Um, but like, like I said, with every component that I was insecure about, I knew to just find someone or ask someone and then put my trust in them to tell me how to do it. Um, because I knew that you can't do everything as the founder. You can't do everything as the CEO. This business is so different from my interiors business because I was really doing one thing. I was designing and uh, I knew the whole job. But with a company like this, you know, you need someone to know about the product. You need someone to know about the brand mission. You need to, you need someone to lead everyone. Um, and so in the beginning I had to do all those things. I'm still doing all those things, but yeah. there's just so much more to learn. Yeah. Cause you haven't been running this for long. Have you the, the switch? How long you've been? A just, founder? A year. just a year. Yeah. Cause, cause if you look at the statistics for small business, you know, small business st statistics, I mean, 18 months is a very, very tricky sort of age, isn't it? When you're on the brink 
no. Uh, if you push through this deep, <laughs> yeah, you go, you know, um, you become successful eventually. But a lot of people just kind of, oh, there is no, no, no demand. There is no, you know, we're not making sense, and they kind of give up. Although right. the idea might be actually very, very good. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Not like so many. Most startups don't succeed. Most startups don't get funded, especially female startups, female-founded startups. Um, there's so much telling you to not start a business. <laughs> like, but it's I really feel like the passion I have around the product and the brand is gonna get us through somehow. Yeah. So that feels good to have that confidence. Yeah. Do you have a supportive family to help you? through difficult times when you have a difficult time in your business do you have a lot of family or friends um who are helpful yeah yeah I live with my partner of uh three and a half years and he is so supportive and involved and my family is really supportive I was um and but they are all on the east coast I'm on the west coast so I don't see them very often but um, my mother and my stepdad and my brother and his wife. Um, they, I was so nervous to tell them about my new business idea, you know, cause I really care about what they think. And I was nervous to tell them cause I thought they'd be like, what? Like you're starting another business. Like I felt like I would be looked at as fickle or crazy or, but it was a complete opposite. They were like, wow, this is an incredible idea. Like, are you sure? Like, we're scared for you, but we're so supportive. And, you know, my brother was like, wow, that that's amazing. I would love that for men. Like, I, I just got so much love and, and pr- pride from them that really, like, fuels me. And and they they ask me constantly how it's going. They're always checking in. I don't know what I'd do without that. Um, just to have someone be proud of you regardless like you can really only get that from family and and my friends and and my friends are another story I I wouldn't this wouldn't be happening without the support of my friends either like they not only believe in the product but they believe in me and they're so amazing at sharing with everyone and spreading the news about it and you know, contributing to my crowdfunding campaign that was earlier this summer. And you can't, it's not, it's not a solo project. Like it takes a village, at least emotionally. (laughs) Like you can't, as an entrepreneur, carry it all on your own. You, You need to open your mouth and get it out there so that your, your village can carry it with you. Yeah. So why are you saying that your, Relatives, so your brother would 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 think you are crazy to start another business. Well, wasn't your interior design business successful? It was, yeah. I mean, it is. Um, I don't know. That's my fear. That's just like my, you know, you just it tip. You know, my interiors business isn't that old. Like I only started it a few years ago. So, um, and I have no. At the time, I had no experience in the fashion industry. So I, I was worried I would be looked at as not credible or not equipped. Mm. But um, it wasn't fair for me to assume that of my family because 
they know how much I've accomplished and they know what I can do. And um, they saw that I really did my homework and that's, and it's, that was incredible to them and they're, they're supportive no matter what. So. Yeah. I mean, your website looks so, so, so professional. I mean, it's, 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 it's like a big brand behind that website. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I had, I had help with that. I had an incredible branding woman help me with that. Yeah, no, definitely. She's, she's done a really great job. Absolutely. Thank you. I, it, it, it just, when, when you see a very uh, successful brand, it, it's what you normally see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, great. So, yeah, and the concept is, is great because you also use some kind of a recycling material. Um, yeah. So uh, the product itself is sustainable because you are eliminating the need for using uh, disposable pads or liners or things like that. But it's also the fabric is made from recycled water bottles. So it's a like a high performance poly spandex blend that um, is used from recycled water bottles. And then the, the liner of the underwear is made of tencel, which is made from eucalyptus fiber. So um, super sustainable material and very breathable. Um, and we're trying to make any new material we introduce to the brand, whether it be like a tag or printing, we want it to be the most sustainable it can be, um, whether it's water-based ink or recycled paper or, um, and even if we can't do that right now, it's always a goal for us to have this, like the smallest footprint, um, which I'm, I'm really excited about and proud of us for. Yeah, because your underwear, uh, the underwear uh, can be washed, or is it is it disposable? Yeah, yeah no, it can, can be, be washed. washed. Oh, it's yeah. like regular yeah. underwear. It's like yeah. it has the same lifespan as your typical underwear. You just take it off and put it on differently. No, it's, it's definitely a great innovative product. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think we have products like this in the UK. I don't know. I need to check. No. Out. <laughs> and I know, for, I guess the next step is to do something with um, baby nappies because this this is just, is. Yeah, we definitely. Baby nappies go into the landfill is, it's just horrendous, isn't it? It's, just, it's really bad. It's really yeah. bad. The industry is, you know, making changes by yeah. uh, streamlining reusable diapers, like cloth diapers. Yeah. Um, we definitely have an interest in tapping into that industry with our technology to make it a little bit more streamlined and easier for sure. No, it's great. You are pioneering this and, and, uh, you know, it, I just hope and it's, you know, that, that, that your brand becomes really, really successful because it will again. Um, Thank you. That's really you nice. Know, to say. The amount of waste we produce is just, it's shocking. And then we believe to, to the next generation. Yep. <laughs> so if we can make new innovative products like this, um, um, you know, we can solve the problem of of, of the of waste. Okay, so um, if you were um, to teach one lesson to a starting entrepreneur, what 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 would be that lesson? A starting entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I would say to trust yourself and really go with your gut. I 
when you're just starting out a new business or a new idea, you're going to get pulled in so many different directions. You know, that what you see on Google, what this one person is saying, what this one person is saying. But what I feel like the best skill set for an entrepreneur to have is to see and gather all that information and really make your best educated decision on how to move forward. But what what really what really matters is what feels right. Like, don't do anything that doesn't feel right. Um, but that doesn't mean that the right thing might be scary. So you really have to listen um, and just follow your intuition with how you want the product or your business to go. I think that's that's my best rule of thumb for sure. Yeah. And uh, what would be the sort of the, the must have business skill to have when you start uh, a business? Mm, patience. Okay. <laughs> patience. Um, but also, like we talked about earlier, vulnerability. Yeah. Definitely. People are going to want to invest in you and your passion and your yeah. story. And as long as you stick with that and and roll with that, you'll be okay. Yeah. Sure. Now, uh, that's that. Thank you so much for sharing this. Uh, I guess I, I just want to. Um, I haven't asked this question actually for a while. <laughs> 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 the COVID situation. Do you think today is the good time to start a business? <laughs> um. That's a really good question. That's a question I've been asking myself all year. Because uh, uh, we haven't watched TV for a month now, and we turned on the TV a couple of days ago, and it's the same news. It's the same. It's bad. And you just think, oh, my God, nothing is – it's just the same COVID, COVID, death, this, yeah. and you know, unemployment, economy is in shambles. So what are the options for people who, uh, and I guess I don't know what the situation is in um, in the U.S., but. Oh, it's just as bad. <laughs> a lot of people uh, that's been furloughed and the government paid their wages. I guess they're going to go back to the companies and that if there is no demand, companies don't have to keep those people. So there'll be, uh, my, my, my projection, there'll be, Many people unemployed uh, at the mm -hmm. end of September. So, you know, what is the advice for the for for, for people who lose their jobs? Mm. Well, that's a really big question. I don't feel fully qualified to answer it, but I will give my opinion. Yeah, my view. I think that for people who want to start their own business this year, I think it really depends on the kind of business. Um, we kind of started rolling earlier, too early to kind yeah. of stop, and we just had momentum, so it felt right to just move forward. But it really depends on what you're selling. Um, for instance, interior designers, they're doing really well right now because the people who can afford interior designers are home looking at their house, wanting it to be designed, you know, but, um, you know, everyone in the service industry is pretty much out of a job. Um, I think yeah. that I think that this year is a really if you haven't started anything yet, I think right now is a really great time to plan and to invest energy in 
developing like a really clear view on what you want. I don't, I don't know if this time is the best time to invest your, your funds and your time, like your, the time that you could be using to make money because of how volatile the industry is right now. I think it's really hard for startups to get funded, you know, because of the recession. Um, but I would say this is a great time to plan and a great time to really observe because I've, I've noticed that a lot is changing this year. I feel really grateful to have a brand emerging from this year because there has been such a huge shift from a social action point of view within brands. Brands are realizing that their voice has to be bigger and has to be better and has to have a view. I feel like businesses up until now in a, in mo- in most ways have felt they needed to be more um, neutral in terms of political views, social views, but that's not what's getting people's uh, support. Like if you have a business idea, make sure that you're clear on how you feel about what's going on. Make sure you're clear about who your product is helping and just take note of what's going on right now. I think that if I had been starting Switch now, I would be doing a lot more research. Um, but but in terms of people that have lost their jobs, I think that right now it's like what's most important is to not put too much pressure on yourself and just make sure your your basic needs are being met and and do what you can. Yeah. No, thank you so much, uh, Isabel, uh, for sharing your story. And um, I I hope everything works out for you. Thank it's you. an amazing company, an amazing innovative product, and an, an amazing founder as well. Oh, thank you so much, Katerina. I love your I loved your questions. This has been a really great, great podcast. Thank you, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, all the best. Thank me. you so much. Okay, thank you. Well, that concludes this episode of Mental Wealth Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm Katrina Thomas, your host. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode and uh, other episodes, please leave us a short, brief uh, review. This will help us immensely to bring um, exciting um, guests like Isabel on the program. Uh, that's all from me. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mental Wealth Entrepreneurs Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this show. Please send me any comments or feedback. If you're an entrepreneur and want to share your story, please contact me. The link is in the podcast show notes. Also, please see the social media links and uh, links to offers from my guests on the podcast notes. This podcast is sponsored by Smart Octopus Voice Agency, who create chatbots and voice skills on Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant. So I'm really excited uh, to tell you that this podcast is now available as an Alexa skill. Uh, so you can search for resilient entrepreneur uh, skill and enable it as a flash briefing. So that's all from me. Uh, I wish I wish you good mental health and you are just one mind hack away. Till next time. <laughs>